0: Mendeleev podcast. Podcast. podcast, Mendeleev Podcast, Mendeleev Podcast, Mendeleev Podcast, Podcast. Go, 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 go. Let's go, let's go. Okay, that'll do. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Mendeleev coming at you with the Mendeleev Podcast. I'm here to tell you that you are wonderful. I think just genuinely the fact that you clicked on this link to listen to this podcast right now not only assists in making my day, but hopefully in turn can make your day as well. This is the podcast where we chat about music and art and writing and all that fun stuff. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Do you ever get tired or lethargic? Do you ever have a hard time waking up? Well, coffee. Coffee is one of the things that you need in your life. Drink coffee in the morning. Drink coffee in the evening. Basically, never stop drinking coffee. Get hyped on coffee. Maybe I should take a sip right now. (laughs) Yes. Coffee is for you to save you from your tiredness, to be your salvation into the damnation of lethargia. Is lethargia a word? Lethargia? Lethargicness? Yeah. okay. Need more coffee. Anyways, type in promo code Mendeleev 2023 for your super duper special 15% discount on coffee. <laughs> This is getting out of control. Anyways, today was dope. I had the pleasure of speaking with Lucy Clearwater today. She is just a dang sweetheart. So awesome. So nice to talk to. So easy to talk to. And genuinely just a good person, Aside from being such a phenomenal singer-songwriter, our mutual lives being born in bathtubs with hippie parents in California. We talk about our persona on stage, on the microphone, speaking versus the songs that we sing and how to align those two personalities. We talk about her writing in completely other languages. We talk about her future tours and songs and singles coming out soon. Yeah. And yeah, I think that'll be the intro. So please enjoy this episode of the Mendeleev Podcast featuring Lucy Clearwater. Did, did, bra- did, it's Mendeleev. Mendeleev. Podcast. At this point, the mouse that up, Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, then yeah. I g- I get the insider fact, scoop.
1: Awesome. You do. Yeah. yeah
0: <laughs> exactly. And another another fun fact uh about I guess both of us, something that we share which is a very rare thing is that we were both born inside of bathtubs.
1: Oh my gosh, yes.
0: <laughs> I think that was the first thing you ever said to me
1: Probably. when we met each other. Yeah, that's at, wild. Like, at
0: Hotel Cafe, uh, I I said yes. Hotel Cafe and you came up to me afterwards for like,
1: hey. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's what? like there's probably and then there's like some interesting traits that we both have that maybe are all because of the way that we were brought into the world, like the barefoot thing. I yep. like always I take my shoes off every chance I can. I'm always barefoot on stage. And I remember you were wearing like you brought like little slippers or something my that you slippers. changed into <laughs> for the stage. It was so well, funny.
0: Well, for a hotel cafe, they, they don't often let me in without shoes there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'll t- either take them off like in the green room or just yeah. on stage. And yeah, I always same. keep a pair of slippers in my car under my seat just in case. Because it is a thing. If it, if it becomes a yeah. way of life certain places especially whole foods whole foods will hunt you down with their cameras and kick you out um (laughs) so you know you learn the spots but yeah it is It is has kind of been a way of life here in new york it is not what i've been doing i've been shoes every day
1: yeah and Um, that makes sense i mean i feel like new york is probably really a hard place to do the barefoot thing i don't do it so much like around the city i feel like if i'm going on a hike i oftentimes try to go barefoot um or Yeah. Like on stage, I just always end up taking my shoes off, but I'm not like walking down the streets of LA without my shoes on. That's, Uh, that would be next level. Maybe maybe I'll get there at some point. Yeah. (laughs) I did
0: and I do. And, uh, and yeah, so, so is it something where you just like to stay grounded while you perform mainly?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I also have a hard time, especially if I'm wearing like heels or like anything that, I don't know i just feel wobbly like i just want to feel as stable as possible when i'm like singing so that i can like close my eyes and lose myself and drift off without having to worry about my balance like if, there, if i have yes. to be thinking about my balance while i'm singing that's like horrible that i can't enjoy
0: have you ever like <laughs> fallen over have you ever um, fallen over
1: I've, before I've, I've definitely i've definitely gotten like a little wobbly like i don't think i've full-on fallen on stage um mm-hmm. But that that would that would be a good story to tell. Have you ever fallen on stage? You know what?
0: I I have never fallen, but I I have gotten hit in the head by my microphone when I'm closing my eyes, and I'll just be like, oh, head banging headbanging to my guitar, and I'll just clock it. In. You know I've what? Like, I like that would go hit with, my
1: front yeah. teeth. <laughs> you like hit your front teeth on the microphone. I've definitely done that. Oh before. geez, yeah.
0: Oh geez, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a dangerous thing. Um, you know, I. Uh, I've I haven't talked about this too much, and this is a question I should ask more people. But um, do you? I've seen you mainly stand while you play. Do you often sit down?
1: Mm, I I feel like I mostly stand and play. Um. Mm-hmm. It, it sort of depends on the venue and the vibe of the show. You know, if it's like right. if it's like some vibey house concert, and everybody's sitting on the floor and like. And there's blankets and stuff. That I kind of want to like be on that level with everyone and yeah, kind of feel yeah, like I'm exactly. part of it. But but if I'm on a stage, if it's Hotel Cafe or you know, mm-hmm. it, it's I, I like to yeah definitely like to stand. Also, I think like for singing, technically, like your posture and everything is just like better if you have more like airflow.
0: That that's exactly right, and that's been a big issue I've been coming to because I I've been sitting a lot recently in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. I've been intentionally just trying to like you said earlier, you want to be as grounded as possible. Take off the shoes. Um, maybe I'll still wear some socks, but I'll like sit down and and really try to lock in. But mostly I think I do whatever the audience is doing has kind of been my rule yeah. of thumb. If everyone's standing, I'm gonna stand. But but a lot of the gigs I've been playing have been um people sitting recently and in, in recent years. So Interesting. that's kind of what I've yeah, been what doing. Kind-
1: what are those like what kinds of gigs are you finding yourself at where everybody is seated like
0: you know it whether it be whether it be um, all sorts of different stuff you know not at a bar gig per se but if i'm uh you know more intimate kind of things you know maybe if it's only like 50 70 people all like focused gathered maybe theater kind of stuff um, or songwriter showcases yeah. oftentimes um but yeah, or even, you know, those so far sounds always play so far sounds. They'll they'll be oh, seated. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're even like on the floor seated a, a lot of the time. Right, right. But that's um, good
1: because you also play the handpan thing, right? So like sometimes that makes sense to sit and play the handpan. Can't really do that yeah. standing, can you?
0: No, that's true. That's a good question. You're actually the only person on this damn podcast to ever <laughs> ask me about that. Uh, and I appreciate that. I, you know, I haven't, I didn't bring it to New York, so I've been missing it a lot. In the last mm. couple of years, while living here, oh, man. Um, and and I am excited to bring it back to my sets because it is it is yeah. a big it is a big part of it, especially like to end my sets. Yeah. I really love kind of just grounding in that way, and it is this unique, weird kind of instrument. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't um, really
1: seen any other like um, like I've seen people play the handpan before, but not mixed into like a singer songwriter. Right. set before. So it is like really special mm. to kind of bring those worlds together and almost like bring it into a like slightly more mainstream setting. Cause I feel like in yeah. like other places it's like definitely like super niche. Um, and like, yeah, there's not a lot of opportunities to like find that and see that, especially if you're like living in a big city, you're not going to yeah. like randomly stumble into a yurt and see someone like playing a handpan, <laughs> you know, um, it's like a yurt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly exactly and you know there will be those festivals a lot of time like if you ever go to those small festivals especially around california um there's kind of a scene there's like that underground handpan scene of people (laughs) of hippies (laughs) handpan scene of 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 you know uh, psychedelic-ish folk um willing to uh kind of experiment in that form but it is rare yeah in a bigger place and it is kind of weird to lug around and, and you have to talk about it every time but yeah um, but yeah I'm excited to come back and start playing that again yeah Um and and so and so let's get back to uh, where you have kind of come from you were born in a bathtub right starting from <laughs> the beginning but where was that sorry where did um, you grow up
1: yeah this was in northern California like near Oakland um, yeah, and Oakland. so then yeah I grew up up there um, and yeah just was like surrounded by nature went on a lot of hikes and Mm -hmm. then that was yeah that's kind of like where i get my love of barefoot all all of that stuff exactly yeah and then moved to la when i was 18 like fresh out of high school and i've been here since then it's been like six years i just turned 25 is my mouth oh, nice. right? That, does that Congrats. make sense? Hey, oh, yeah, you just <laughs> had your birthday. I just had my birthday, yeah. Yeah, happy um, birthday. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's like something I'm. I'm always kind of seeking out is like finding more nature things to do in Southern California. Like there's a lot, but it's different than it is in Northern California. So I kind of yeah. have to like find it, you know. It, um,
0: yeah, you got to you got to take some road trips. Take some, yeah. it's, it's harder to access. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm from Santa Barbara and was born in, oh, in the yeah. mountains or in a pretty damn beautiful area. And I always do recommend people especially living in LA to just like get out of LA. Yeah as often as possible, and Santa Barbara is so close. Yeah, you really don't have to um, go that
1: far, like you can also drive into the Angeles National Forest if you go east mm-hmm. a little bit, like right. can drive for like one hour and you're in, it seems like a completely different landscape, the elevation is really high, and yeah, it looks like you're in a different state.
0: Right, or even just go to the the beach or something, I know, you know, last time I saw you, you invited me to the beach, you have, you have this like <laughs> Thursday thing with or yeah. mutual friend, Jason, Yes. and and you, would you still do like that weekly beach
1: yeah. uh, hang talk, I, right? I sort of fell off of that routine and I need to bring it back into my life. I actually just went to the beach yesterday for the first time in like months, I guess just cause it's also wow. been winter and it's been cold and everything. But yeah. it was a thing where every Thursday it was, honestly, it was a way to like cope with um, just how, I mean, I think creatives can all relate to this like uh, just the way that our lives don't have a lot of structure or like routine to them naturally, if you don't have like a, a steady day job or something. So, um, I felt like I was lacking routine. And, um, so I kind of just marked on my calendar, like every Thursday, no matter what, like I am saying no to all sessions and gigs and commitments on Thursdays. And that is like my day that I'll go, basically the routine was I would go to this little um, boba coffee shop called Pop in North Hollywood. And there was a yes. like really awesome Im- improvisational jam that a bunch of friends of mine would play. And oh. they, they would play from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So it was like right in the middle of lunchtime. It was like a Whoa. sweet daytime jam. And I would go and I would get a boba and sit there and listen to them play. Um, and then I would drive from there to the beach and then just spend like the whole day at the beach and then invite friends, like anybody's welcome to come and watch the sunset and walk around. So kind of like open door, <laughs> open, open beach <laughs> policy. Open um, beach. but weird. it was, it was really sweet and it really helped me like, uh, Like know what day of the week it was because I was always looking forward to Thursdays and it was like the only thing that was a consistent weekly event for me so that was really fun when you came it was really sweet Um, that
0: was great Uh, you know I I totally hear you on this artists need structure thing Um, there's something about it that we we just are, are so lacking in it that when we have it there is this thriving we can kind of achieve especially in LA and what I would do and I don't know if you relate to this is that sometimes basically all of my friends moving to LA would would move there and, and build a studio that was kind of what mm-hmm. everyone I, I knew did and and developed like basically all of these satellites around the city of different uh, studios and so every day of the week, I would basically have these two hours with like this friend or this person at this studio. And and that's how I I kept my my structure of just like knowing I'm going to be at this studio at this time on this day. I'm going to be with this buddy on this day at this time. And, and, uh, you know, being in LA is so difficult to communicate and coordinate when to hang, (laughs) when to drive, you know, an hour or two across the city just to hang out. Um, And so putting it and making it a thing and making the priority of friendships be a thing um, was something that I found so valuable in Los yeah. Angeles more than anywhere else. I've yeah, played. I feel the same way. Like um, that's
1: my favorite part about LA is like the, the community, my friends and like the just, yeah, it's the music community here is so insane and it makes it really hard yeah. to like think about leaving. And I'm, I'm actually currently like um, starting to work on splitting my time between LA and Berlin. So I spent three months in Berlin last year for yeah. some music stuff, working with some different artists and, um actually like I have a whole album that I wrote in German, which is really random and kind of weird. Um oh, wow. And so
0: I, I didn't know you I spoke well,
1: I don't really. That's sort of the funny part is that like this was a uh, COVID hobby. Like when we were locked down, mm. I needed again, like I needed something to give me some structure. And I've always wanted to speak another language. Mm. So I thought it would be cool to learn German um just because like i every time i've been to berlin i've really loved it and so there i don't have like other there's not like crazy ties to germany or anything i just like thought it would be fun so i and i knew it was a hard language so i figured it would it would really give me something to like have to work on really hard so i would practice every morning um and then i never meant to write songs in german but one day Uh, ideas just kind of like started coming and I had writer's block in English so I thought I I was like I'll just try and like you know maybe something will come out like a fun exercise and I really wasn't taking myself seriously I kind of thought it was a joke and then I ended up writing a couple songs and they turned out to be really good (laughs) and um and it turned into a whole album so uh I spent
0: that's incredible! Thanks. Yeah, it was
1: really fun. Um, I like. I've been trying to tell all my songwriter friends, like, if you ever get stuck and have writer's block, like, pick what like a, a mm-hmm. language that you really don't know that well. Like, maybe you studied mm-hmm. a little bit of Spanish in school, or maybe you studied a little bit of French or whatever, and like really don't know very much, and try to write a song because having the limitation of not knowing, like, a, having a massive uh, like vocabulary, the limitation, um, like actually makes it a lot easier yeah. to create in a way because you you just don't have as many options yeah. to choose from um and sometimes writing really simple stuff yeah. ends up being the best thing so uh yeah that.
0: absolutely absolutely and so berlin was the did, is it somewhere that you traveled to during covid or was it just that you you learned the language? Um,
1: No, I didn't go there during COVID. I I just was learning the language and I used Duolingo. I was just practicing on my computer every morning, Um, but it was, it all started because like back in 2017, I had gone on like a little DIY tour. I was like, I was 18 years old. Mm. I took my backpack and, uh, and a guitar and just traveled around Europe and like played small bars and stuff like that. Um, and out of everywhere that I went, I just felt the most like, welcomed and connected in in berlin and made really amazing friendships Mm -hmm. so that's always been the the place that's been in the back of my mind like oh maybe one day I'll, i'll live in berlin so yeah
0: yeah oh my god so exciting and so and so i guess that's a whole different kind of hack or or area to tackle when it comes to the creative process but but if i were to just kind of like back up aside from an alternate language and perspective and utilizing limitations to achieve your fullest potential. How do you go about generally tackling a blank canvas? Mm. You have a song, is it like concept first hits you, let's go, or is it like you just kind of stumble and mumble until the lyrics form over like a uh, a chord progression? or since you're a, a violin player, are you mm. melody first? Kind of by?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, definitely because of my violin background, like melodies are my, that's like, it's like my favorite thing. And it comes the most naturally to me. Um, I basically never write lyrics without a melody attached to them. So like melody mm. and lyrics are like, they come as one for me. Um, wow. And so, yeah, when I'm writing, it's like, if I'm not sitting with my guitar, sometimes I'll write a melody and the lyrics, and then later I have to sit down and like figure out what are the chords that I want to hear underneath this melody. Um, and then the other way around, like if I start with my guitar... It, yeah it's always like the words and the melody kind of flow out at the same time and i just sing wow. along to whatever i'm playing but it yeah I, I don't usually have like the full concept of what the song is going to be before i'm writing it it's like i'll come up with one line and then just kind of it's like following a river and like you don't really know where it's going to go but you just kind of keep going in the direction <laughs> of the current until mm-hmm. you find out where you it ended up taking you and then i'm like Whoa, here's the song um <laughs> yeah, and yeah that's yeah, amazing yeah so for the whole concept with with this like uh I guess it's actually an EP it was going to maybe be an album but now I've decided to just do the six songs um but uh I didn't know what the like overall arc of the whole thing was gonna be. I didn't know if it would even have an overall arc. I just was like, here's a couple songs. And then as I was kind of getting closer to the end of the process, I started to realize that they all connect and tell a story in the order that I wrote them, which is kind of crazy. So like the end of one song actually connects into the beginning of the next song. Um, and so, it turns into like you could actually listen to the whole thing as like one giant story so then i made like some music videos for them where literally the last shot of one song like continues into the first shot of the next song and it makes right, like a little yeah, mini movie. Um, that German project isn't out yet. That's part of why I'm, I'm going back to... I put out the first single last year, um, but the whole rest of the German project hasn't been released. And I'm that's part of why I'm going back to Berlin uh, this year to kind of spend some time there and figure out how I want to go about releasing and, you know, kind of debating yeah. the whole, do I do it independent? Do I work with, you know, a label? Do I... How do mm-hmm. I put this thing out, especially in a foreign market? There's a lot to learn and uh Yeah. Yeah.
0: And do you do you work with an agent or a manager or you kinda you book everything yourself if you if you tour at all?
1: Yeah, I've been doing it all myself so far. Um and I actually just there's booked my first uh like support act tour in germany i'll be opening for this incredible artist called leaning uh he's amazing and i'm i'm a big fan so i'm excited to be playing those shows at the beginning congratulations thank you thanks yeah it'll be the beginning of may we're going all over germany so that'll be fun
0: wow nice nice yeah Yeah. congrats oh that's that's so exciting um Yeah. yeah that's that's where my head's at as well right now. It's like finding nice. different different spots to to jump on larger tours and, yeah. and try to open. I guess that it's kind of a proper goal most of the time, but, but yeah, right now especially it's like become such a priority for me. Um, yeah. And do
1: you have like a do you have like a a dream artist that you would want to open for? Is there one you're trying to like manifest? Um, yeah.
0: So one of my favorite artists ever of all time growing up um was ben harper i don't know if you know him he's a great yeah. singer songwriter from the he's still a, a kill, killing it you know he was just opening prairie styles um a few months ago yeah. but but he's been around since i was born like early 90s um i had like i don't know 11 of his albums but uh right before Amazing. covid right before covid i got the opening act for to be his opening act in all of north america and then it literally was like oh, february 2020 and then congrats. like it was oh dude it, it was amazing it was so exciting and then it was just like the most devastating thing that's like yeah. ever happened to me <laughs> like ever totally. and um Oof. and uh and then uh yeah and then recently very recently in the last um like week i i officially got the call um, and it's happening again. It's it's oh less gosh, spots congrats. than originally, but it has come back. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, and, it's uh, still
1: happening. That's amazing. It
0: is still happening. And it's been kind of like this beacon of light that carried me through COVID. And, you know, nice. I don't even think he realizes, A, how much I've always appreciated, how, how much he's influenced me in my life, but how much he's like got me through this chaos and hard yeah. times. Um and wow. then so, yeah, it's, it's very exciting that it's like, it's synced up that not only is it a dream opening act spot, but it's also somebody that I, I really love and have been inspired by for so long. Oh, that's um,
1: so cool. I actually saw him play. Yeah. It wasn't too long ago. I think it was at like Whale Rock. Uh, it was a festival no in California. Yeah, it was super cool. Dude, Man, he was awesome. amazing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm so glad you know him. You know, there's not too many people around our age actually know him as well. Uh, He's kind of like the generation right uh, just older than us. Um, Totally. And, you know, and like he's got some some epic hits, but prolific, you know, and just like so many different vibes and genres and, and so many albums. And that's something where I really am always striving for, which is just expansion of my own personal style. Genre. I'm also a producer. I try not to care anymore. I used to Mm -hmm. like really care about like, what's my thing?
1: Yeah. Well, I I feel like, yeah, I feel like you do a really good job of that. Like whenever I've seen you play, like your set is so diverse as far as like the range of what you present. And that's really, really cool. Because I think a lot of people feel this pressure to like stay in one lane. Um, but that was one of the things I love the most about your your sets is that it's like it stays Thank so you. interesting and it's and and it does have the through line of like it's still all you and like your voice is still right. your voice and there's a right. constant there, you know? Yeah.
0: Right. No, exactly. Um and especially in performances when it's just me and either my band or acoustic guitar or something, it's like it can always be grounded. But when it when it comes to my production, I do so much like kind of EDM stuff now that it's just oh, cool. like it's it's just so all over the place um but but there is always this through line of the self right and my mm. favorite artists that's what i love i it's like it's like i worship this canadian artist named feist um and oh, i yeah. just i don't care what she does i just want to know what her next thing is yeah um and that's, so and that's cool. like so it's like i'm trying to manifest fans that would be like myself maybe um and, and do you do you find that or have you struggled in the past with that type of limitation of of what lane to stay in? Um, um or, or, yeah.
1: a little bit, but uh n- no, I, I don't get too overwhelmed by that. I think in general, I like what I like to create isn't too varied. So it's not something that I'm like faced with that much of like, oh no, I have to like hone it in. It's more like I'm naturally creating a lot of stuff that just happens to be really cohesive. And I think it just stems yeah. from that. like most of what I'm doing is like acoustic guitar and vocals and it kind of sticks yes. to that. Um, and then I do yeah. expand a little bit with like the German project is obviously like a whole branch into something new, but sonically it still fits in the same exact lane. It's still like acoustic, yeah. folky, like all my influence comes from Like, I don't know, the Laurel Canyon days of the 60s and 70s, Joni Mm -hmm. and James Taylor and, like, all of that. So – and that's what's actually been one of the most interesting things with this whole German project is that, like, they didn't have that era of music. They didn't have, like, that big, like, folk Americana. I mean, obviously it's called Americana. Like, they didn't have that phase in Germany around that time. And so there's not a lot of music that sounds like the acoustic singer-songwriter – Um, Mm -hmm. with those specific influence and so singing in German with that style is like it's just really uncommon. And I haven't really found other artists that are doing that same thing. So on one hand, it's really exciting because I feel like it gives me a leg up in that there's not a lot of people tackling that. And then it's also scary because it's like, it barely exists over there. So I was looking for like, you know, what Spotify playlists are these songs going to land on? Like, where do they go? And then I'm like, Oh, the, those playlists just like don't exist. There isn't like a, right. you know, German acoustic indie folk. I just haven't found much of that. And I mean, maybe somebody right. will li- listen to this podcast and, and know of someone and they can, they can let us know, <laughs> but uh, I'm mm-hmm. on the hunt for people that are, that are tackling that lane. So I can yeah. relate to some people, but uh, That's yeah, so cool. it's kind of interesting.
0: That is yeah. interesting. I, yeah, there is an niche there. Uh, who would have thought? Um, <laughs> yeah. And I guess, you know, a lot of the times, and I don't i don't mean to put anyone in a box, but you, 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 most of the times that I've seen you or you listen to your songs, they're definitely ones that are going to just most of the time make people cry. Yeah. And I want to know, are the German ones in the same realm? Or, or yeah.
1: That? I mean, they yeah, they kind of are, to be honest. Like they... Maybe not as intense as the ones in English, just because again, I have that limitation of like, no, like what I'm able to say and get across. But, um, yeah, like, uh, I guess it has expanded some of the concepts a little bit more. In English, I write a lot of like relationship, like love songs and heartbreak songs and all of that. The German songs, topic wise, they're still like highly emotional, but. Um, somehow expanded into different topics so there's one that's literally about like lessons that you can learn from different aspects of nature um and then there's like one that has to do with when you close your eyes and you see like all the weird colors underneath your eyelids it's like mm. kind of trippy. Um, and that's like yeah. something that I used to connect with my dad on when I was really little, like we would go to the beach and you know, like the sun's shining and you close your eyes yes. and you see like the <laughs> wavy thing over your eyes and it creates like a crazy oh, light so show. Cool. So like, I have a so song cool. about that. I don't know. It's oh, like yeah, so, sort of different topics. There's a song about moving. Uh, there's a song about religion. Like it just kind of, I tapped into different subjects that I hadn't really written about before. Um, but they still, they still have like that deep feeling, emotional thing going on.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And are you still, do you still... Uh, write with Jason at all? Uh, with the, Was it Linen? Yeah. Is it linen? linen?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We That's, still write yeah. together a bunch. Man, I love writing with him. It's so special when you find someone that you can co-write so well with and consistently yeah. with. Um, yeah. It's really special because I love writing by myself. I write like most of my favorite stuff that I write is written like, you know, very isolated, alone in my bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. But when I met Jason, it just like opened up this whole other side of songwriting for me and every time we're in the room together we end up creating something. Um,
0: Is there uh, a kind of a way in which you can speculate on the difference of when you are uh, kind of alone in your room by yourself or or when you're collaborating how the the process differs for you?
1: Uh yeah when I'm writing with someone it uh well I think generally it's faster when I write with someone else because you're a little bit more aware of like their time and wanting to mm. like accomplish something, like get it done. Um, <laughs> whereas, yeah, yeah. Which is really helpful. Um, when I'm alone, there's moments where, you know, you sit down and the whole song pours out in like 30 minutes to an hour and then yeah. you look at the page and there's the song and that's amazing. But other times yeah. when I'm writing by myself, it's like, really, really slow. And I, I take my time and sometimes it can take weeks and maybe you write like a couple phrases one day and then mm-hmm. you got to let it breathe or have some different life experience before you're ready to write mm-hmm. the next couple lines or whatever. Sure, so, sure. um, I guess that's, that's probably the difference. Um, and when I'm writing alone, I'll, I'm able to get a lot like emotionally deeper. Um, cause I can like let myself you know cry and be just like i mean i guess i can do that with jason that's one of the things that's really special about writing with him is that we're we're such good friends that we're we're able to be so close and vulnerable and i think that's why i enjoy the songs we write together and it's difficult to find co-writes where i feel like i can be that vulnerable um yeah but i i love the songs that i write where like i write a line and it's such a like knife into the chest that i i'll write something and then burst out crying and that's how i know that that line is like yeah. <laughs> meant to be in the song i'm like oh it hurts too Maybe. good like that has to be in there
0: <laughs> yeah yes uh, no absolutely that that is a solid indicator for for a lot of us yeah. artists if if something does make you cry that's yeah it's yeah it's a sure thing um, Totally. even yeah. if even if you hate it passionately it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, totally. that's totally gonna be I mean, I can't tell you how many voice. Well, not so many, but a few, a handful of times in my life, where the voice memos that I just have it recording, and it just becomes uh, an emotional mess of nonsense and mumbling. Oh my gosh! And it's like I don't even know what's going on. I'm just like listening to myself, (laughs) like
1: totally, totally. I made a. (laughs) I did one the other day where, like, um, actually, a friend of mine said. Man, I wish you would write lyrics like just the way that you talk sometimes. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. So then his advice was to just make a voice memo when I'm having like interesting conversations with friends or. Or Mm. if I just have some thoughts that I want to get out, just hit record and just talk like it doesn't even have to be that I'm like writing a song, just speak and then revisit that voice memo later, listen to it and see if there's any nuggets in there that you can turn into a song and literally take your own words like word for word. And uh, that has been pretty crazy. I, I was able to write some cool stuff that way but it almost felt more like therapy i was like i'm like I'm when i was making the voice memos i was like whoa i'm this is like talk therapy just straight into my voice memos and then uh revisiting that was pretty wild
0: wow oh man so okay okay i've been (laughs) i really am inspired by that and i've been kind of workshopping this idea and concept in my head so i guess this is one of the first times i'm really going to try to um get it out there if you don't mind and this might take a second um but generally i i really i really relate to that and and a lot of the times i like your friend said i really do wish the songs i write felt not i think i don't know if honesty is the right word but i wish it was is as um kind of uh candid or or to the point as when I am speaking and like mm-hmm. in even in between banter and stories I do a lot of storytelling at shows um that like the moment the song starts it's almost like this different uh this like sheath or this, this curtain gets gets drawn and it's like a, it's like a whole ne- separate not personality but but uh, almost like identity that like comes in from this song and we're like channeling this other time through this song. Yeah. And I, I always wished and I I still do wish that I'm um like able to align the two of the 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 person who's speaking on the microphone compared to the person that's singing on the microphone. And I want wow. those to be so much more one. And a lot of times when we're singing, there are these like different personalities that kind of come through when we sing that I just like I, I feel like it might, like the lyrics I'm writing and what I'm saying might actually be so much more powerful if I just said them without like trying no. to add a melody, without trying to add like, I'm actually making it less impactful by trying to sing this thing and be the singer songwriter. Um, yeah. and, and so recently I'm like toying with this idea of like just having it just be talking and like being okay with talking because I'm already kind of like telling the stories and like allowing the song to just be talking, not like rapping, maybe it rhymes, mm. but, but just you know, like in this, you know, in register and myself yeah. and feeling like, okay, this is, this is a line, this is authentic. And I'm not like putting on this voice kind of thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, if this I is. I relate
1: to that so much. And I think like, mm-hmm. if I look at my musical, the growth and development over the years, I notice that the stuff I used to make was it was just so much more performative. Like I was even the the tone of my voice and the way I was singing was like trying to to show something or to sound impressive or to whatever. And I I used to sing way higher than I do now. And like I think I've been getting closer (laughs) and closer to yeah, just like where does my voice sit naturally and like where does it feel the most comfortable
0: lower register when you speak like pretty low yeah i never i guess i never really noticed that until this podcast yeah
1: yeah and like my music that i'm writing now is like utilizes my lower register a lot more or just like a more relaxed like mid register instead of Mm -hmm. trying so much to sing so high um
0: trying
1: yeah exactly and and uh it's so yeah i think that's also part of why i love like relaxed like folk music and i'm getting more and more into that like true folk vibe um because it is like the melodies are simple it's not showy it's like here's what we want to say it's a lot more focused on the lyrics um and even if it is a really simple lyric it could be like one really profound phrase that's like the most simple phrase ever like a platitude basically you know like love Uh, is the answer or whatever like some random
0: Wait, I'm sorry. I'm super ignorant. What is, what does platitude mean?
1: Platitude is like uh, one of those phrases that uh, is like so commonly like everybody knows them, and they're like these big phrases okay, okay. that that yeah, yeah, um, yeah. they become super cliche. Or but generic, like they yeah, yeah, generic. But they have so much truth to them. Um, there's a reason, yeah. So exactly. yeah, like there's a reason for everything. Like that's a platitude. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. I think okay, unless okay. I have it wrong in my head, but um, you no, no, no you good to no, know. Good
0: to g- no, know. I'm sorry. I, I I sometimes just yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay.
1: I, it's like one of my favorite like words. I think it's so interesting. But like using well, stuff good. like that, like platitudes are platitudes for a reason because they have uh-huh. so much truth to them, and so yeah, uh, yeah. I think and, sometimes and allowing stuff them like to- that.
0: To be allowing them, rather than like trying to force them uh, uh, into some sort of melodramatic expression yeah. of our soul, we could just say them and they hit. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, um,
1: like I have a song, the song that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, the the my whole point with the song is that I wanted it to be like just so simple and I just wanted to say exactly what I meant instead of trying to make it poetic or trying to make it a certain way so the chorus lyric is literally I want you so badly I love you but we're not happy and it's like the Mm. most simple it's the most simple sentence and that's Mm -hmm. the entire chorus and like it's not beating around the bush it's literally saying exactly what I meant and uh, it's one of my favorite songs I've written because like I really Mm. didn't I wasn't trying to be clever or like smart about it. It was like here's exactly mm-hmm. what I mean and then you can hear that emotion like come through in the song cuz I I felt it so honestly. Um
0: It's called We're Not Happy, right?
1: It's called We're Not Happy.
0: Yeah. Dude, it's such a <gasps> damn good title for
1: Thanks. It's always Um, funny when I announce that when it shows, because like I'll play a lot of sad songs in my set and then it kind of becomes a running joke that I play a lot of sad songs and then I say to everyone like, all right, like this next song is called We're Not Happy. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone laughs. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So that's that's kind of funny, too, is just going kind of back to that conversation about this uh, in between banter that we have and how it aligns with with our our songs that there is this like contrast in how like y- you are bubbly and funny and like you have all of these kind of endearing qualities uh, and then and, and then it's like you're bearing your soul when you jump into the song and then yeah. it's like okay song done and it's I've been really struggling with that in myself Um, because it's like these two different personalities inside of myself of like the yeah. the person, the person after the song and then the person during the song. Um, but you, you have this awesome comfortability in this contrast with how you kind of manage it. Um, and, and, and in a way over time, I feel like it develops at least for me has developed into this like shtick of like, Um, like end scene you know like when the actor like does the gesture of like okay now I can now I can uh, you know not do what I'm trying to do so hard or or trying to feel so hard yeah Um, yeah
1: I'm trying to find this quote um, that I I had written down in my notes because it basically talks about exactly what you're saying but it's the idea that like um like we have to play out all of the drama in our lives, like really exaggerated in our songs so that we don't have to like go through it that way as intensely yeah. in our day-to-day life. Yep. I wonder if I can yep. find it. But.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah there, there is a way in which it's like part of our process of, of grief, um, You know, even into losing people that we've, we've loved and, and finding a way to kind of capture that into a song. Um, yeah it, it helps us go through our own personal process the the creative process really assists this like um, emotional life grieving process because we can yeah yeah kind of put it in this energetic space in time where it's like okay here's my little three four minute window to feel this again and I've yeah. structured it to where I can I can go back into it almost like time traveling and yeah. then I can return um. It's this really strange kind of almost like paradox. We, yeah. I don't know if you've read, and this wouldn't be an episode of the Mendeleev podcast if I didn't ask you <laughs> um, have you read Rick Rubin's new book, The Creative oh Act?
1: I'm literally, I got a text this morning from the bookstore down the street that I went to like order one and they, well, they were out of them. So they put my name down and they were like, we're going to, we're going to send you a text when we have another one in stock for you. And I literally got the text this morning. Oh, so I'm, that's on yay. my to-do list is to go pick it up today. I'm so yes. excited. Have you I'm been reading it or have you, you, have oh, you read Oh yeah. It?
0: I'm, I'm on my third time through. It's, it's the greatest Third of, time of literature ever created in history. I, I I don't think anything has ever been more valuable for artists. Amazing. Um, yeah, and I also and I do recommend also listening to it. He, he has an Audible where he reads it um, and you can kind of tap in, and there's something about yes. it there too. I'm on. I'm that. on a read through now of double speeding. I double speed a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, and so it hits differently. And you captured different elements. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I'm so excited to hear that uh, that oh. you're you're taking the initiative. And I also say, yeah. uh, when you do finish the book, you're totally welcome back on the podcast, and we can chat about it. Um,
1: I would love to. Yeah, are mm-hmm. there? Do you have any like? Um, have there been any specific takeaways from it that like come to mind Ooh. really quickly from it?
0: So the thing about it is that there are just too many and there's about mm-hmm. like, I think like 78 chapters or something. Whoa. They're all like short chapters Um, and it's just overwhelming sentence after sentence, bomb after bomb. Of like I had to like stop for days on end just to like you know absorb even it. just after a few yeah absorb it. There's just so much there, and so uh, but there was this really beautiful part towards the beginning, um, talking about it's kind of a metaphor for our ideas. They're like uh, they're rain clouds, is what he says, um, and 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 there's there's it's not that we have possession of our ideas, and not that this is even like a new concept but the way he phrases it is just so powerful and mm. and it's like he's like we we these ideas are just happening to us as people and yeah. years from now maybe all of a sudden uh it comes out or maybe it comes out through somebody else and we yeah. don't have possession or power over power over that idea um it was just the idea's time uh, and so it kind of I creates love that yeah it's it's simultaneously like allowing us to Relinquish our control over it, but it it imposes maybe a sense of urgency towards our own mm-hmm. kind of like need to express this when it hits. Um, yeah. And yeah. Wow. Anyways, that was a good. Yeah
1: one. that 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 reminds me a lot of um, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote Big Magic, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. she she talks about it in what sounds like a similar kind of way that they're like these yeah. entities that are outside of yourself. Um, that you can relate yeah. to, and they might come approach you and say, "Hey, write me. Like, look at me. I'm over here. You should write me." And you know, it, it maybe you do so. And but if you don't, they might go find somebody else and say, "Hey, write me." And then that person writes it, and then yeah. you're like, "Oh man, I had that idea."
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and, and he, he says that, and it's not that they stole your idea. Um, yeah. It was just the idea's time. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah. We didn't That's hop on cool. it when it came. Um, and, and so. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'm so excited for you, Lucy. I'm oh, me too. For you to read. Me too. I'm excited, I'm excited to read it.
1: it. I'm excited for you to be back in LA. That's super exciting. Yes,
0: yes, it is. It is. It really is. I'm. I'm still really enjoying New York in a lot of ways, but um, I, you know, I think ideally one day we'll have the ability to do the bi-coastal thing. But yeah, yeah right now my time here yeah. seems to be wrapping up. Perf- I will mm. say performing here. Has been such a refreshing experience from my LA time. How is it Um, different? I think just generally there's we're all just shoved together here and there's so much access, there's so many different shows and performances of like easy access, easy to stumble into something. Uh your friend down the street has this thing, might as well just stop by. Uh, you don't have oh, to drive across cool. the city and try to yank people's <laughs> arm just to show up. Uh, and, you know, there was this big, it was a big moment a few months ago where I played the show at the Bitter End, which is this kind of old legendary folk venue from the 60s. You know, Joni Mitchell's played mm-hmm. there, Neil Young, yeah. Bob Dylan, all these people play there. And so I had a show there, and I realized the day of the show, I had forgotten to promote it. I just fully didn't even mention it and and, you know I'm just I'm playing a lot right and so this one just kind of slipped through the cracks and I woke up that day and it was a rainy Tuesday and I was like holy shit I just forgot and and then I went on blast for maybe an, an hour or two and hit up you know, of my whole list of texts, emails, DMs of just like, hey, I have this show tonight. I totally forgot to promote it. If you're free, please stop by. And again, oh it's a God. fucking, it's a rainy Tuesday. And, you know, I yeah. think like 30 people showed up within after within a two hours of, the sh- of showtime. Wow. Uh, and I realized that. In LA, that would just never have happened to me. No. I, not that thirty is a huge number, but like to like yeah, have if, people drive across the city on a rainy Tuesday, no way, dude.
1: Totally, totally. It's 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 hard to get people out in this city. I think because it's just you know everybody's playing shows all the time, and also everybody's in the industry. So I wonder if maybe part of it's that like maybe a lot of the community that you can tap into and just the people that you're surrounding yourself with in new york it's not necessarily like all of your friends and all of your community are other musicians doing the same exact thing um that's something that like i was finding in in berlin is that like there's just i was meeting so many people who do so many different things and a lot of like creative people. But here I feel like in LA, almost all of my friends are other singer songwriters, which is great. I love getting yeah. to work with them, collaborate, but also if you're trying to not play sure. a show, like that's not the demographic that you're supposed to be like bringing to your show. You want people who are coming just cause they want to come and enjoy the music, not because they want to show up to network or because, you know, yeah. I, I don't know, it's know. because they want to play at that venue or something. So that's, yes. that's really cool. No, exactly. that's, that's cool to hear
0: it has been but you know at the same time i feel like i there i did good in la for a few years with it but i eventually kind of lost my way of of really taking the initiative to really just show up for a lot of people or friends and mm-hmm. other other shows or just to be a part of the community i mean i i uh yeah i think i i got burnt out maybe and yeah. just did not quite put in my the energy that that was needed mm-hmm. to maintain and yeah. and uh, felt you, somewhat guilty about it
1: yeah yeah man it's it's tricky there's so many different pressures on us i feel like as artists to like do things certain ways and i don't i don't think there's a right or wrong way we're all just sort of going yeah. about it but when you initially went to new york you were going there for like a it was a music school thing right there was like a yeah
0: i went back to school i got my yeah. master's degree oh my gosh you know, in like yeah yeah in like 10 months it was a quick experience wow.
1: Wow, super yeah, very, cool. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. It was cool. Um, and I graduated yeah, almost a year ago now. Um, nice. And still here ah. and happy to still be here. Um, it was at this epic, epic recording studio called Power Station Studios. Um, and it's still, you know, open. it's like all this legendary spot where a lot of, you know, everyone was recorded there for Springsteen stuff, a lot of Michael Jackson's, a lot of David Bowie's stuff, uh, a lot of, you know, John Mayer. Pretty much everyone records at this spot. It's like, one of the, the oldest legendary spots in the city and um and so it's still like open while we were in class so like you know you're trying to use some of the studios but it's like oh sorry you know Paul Simons or Jacob Collier is in there you can't <laughs> use the room so it's like it was a it was a plus and a minus of the wow, experience you know because the the access maybe wasn't as as much as it should have been but also mm. it was very cool to be surrounded by you know, such high caliber people in the same area. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Did you get to meet some, some people at, or yeah, like get different connections through that, that have been beneficial or. Yeah.
0: Mostly just the wonderful classmates and people I went to school with. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nice. only like 80 of us and, and everyone was just so damn wonderful. Um, Ugh. And, and there's been a handful, of these pockets of different communities in New York that I've tapped into that I'm just so deeply grateful of my time here and, and and excited to stay in touch and and yeah. stay in contact cool. but but I will say in LA in my I know everyone loves to compare to the end of the world <laughs> the two cities but my just simplification has been performing has been re- very refreshing here in New York mm-hmm. but um the recording studio life in LA was so much more superior in my experience um, of just of like you know people have their bedroom recording or studios here yeah uh, but it's like you're in this apartment where I was like friends in LA it's like there's a whole garage studio there yeah and, um, yeah there's you know just the collaboration and that element has has I've been missing that maybe a little bit
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. well that'll be good know. when you're when when you're back here and uh, I know yeah, um, hopefully we can excited. work on some stuff together at some point. That'd be that. Be yes, cool.
0: dude. Anytime. I would love that, and I, I I appreciate that. And and I've been saying to people and and uh, offers stands. If you ever send me any random vocal stems, I uh, I always Ooh. make remixes and electronic productions of things just because nice. that's fun for me. Yeah, um, let's go. Yeah, if you ever randomly drop me a Google a google drive link of any stems i don't mind and i'll probably put it to some fun use even just make a sample pack out of here okay of your yeah
1: cool that sounds great i mean i can do weird vocal stuff all day so maybe i'll, <laughs> maybe I'll send some yes. stuff your way <laughs>
0: yeah by all means and and just yeah thank you so much for coming on here and chatting with me um oh, of it's course thanks for having me yeah of course and yeah this is
1: super fun
0: Right, yeah, it's it's simple and casual, and just a, a good excuse for me to stay in touch uh, with with people that that I care about, and uh, yeah, thanks for being willing to you know be vulnerable and, and express some of these kind of more ethereal, mysterious ideas uh, totally. about this this art thing.
1: Totally, um, I mean, yeah, you know, us bathtub babies, we we can we can go there, <laughs> we got to <laughs> get stick into together. the ethereal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly oh, we got weird parents we gotta stick together yeah. <laughs> um um but yeah the, yeah thanks again and and you know not sure when this is gonna air again i've i've cool. i've done like well over 30 so i have like weekly for the rest of the year we'll, nice. we'll see where it kind of fits in but um good Exciting. luck on your release and uh and your tour in may thank you i'll be there thanks lucy
1: all right bye